1: Welcome to Season 5. Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Down Wind Tinks Shadow Hunter Blinds Burris Optics Deadringer, the grind. Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows. Additional support provided by Deer Camp Coffee and Yeti Coolers. Hello, welcome to the Bomar Plant Podcast. Myself Dave Thomas, along with Tim the Manzurana, Jamie Yo. the No Boom, and yep. Matt Stamp. The gun guy. That's what we're going to call
2: it. <laughs> there you go. That works. <laughs> I love
1: it. So Matt, tell us about yourself and how you got into like YouTube and doing gun reviews and things like that, because obviously watching these things helps anybody. And that's one of the reasons we really yep. want to have you on today. So I guess, how'd you get started in all this?
2: Well, you know, first started out, you know, I was, uh, I did two tours in Iraq as a Marine Corps rifleman. I was also in the uh, Arizona Army National Guard for a while. Um, we yeah. were back in 03. Um, when well, we took Baghdad and uh, later on I uh, was attached to Joint Special Operations Command we just did we we're just regular infantry guys and then uh you know I was just I'm a full-time dad I've been working all these jobs and I've watched YouTube videos just like everyone else and I kind of got sick and tired of the whole kind of uh tactical movement I guess you could say <laughs> so, or like uh, I, there was this one argument that I heard about with a special operations argument like which one's better and they're like, well, seals are better because they carry two, two sixes. And they're like, no, uh, green berets are better because they carry Glocks. And I'm like, yeah, I've worked with both of them. And most of the ones that I saw carried 1911, they pretty much carried whatever the heck they want. So I don't know where they're getting their information from.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old internets.
2: I know, so I'm just like, you know, I gotta do something about this because there's just so much, you know, before you guys have been even done stuff for a while i mean what you had a while back you had like not fancy you had a couple old channels out there that's it there wasn't really much and then now everyone's jumping into the mix of it and throwing their own two opinions and Mama, the you can
3: co- until youtube shuts you down
2: yeah i know which is a pain in the <laughs> just butt just throwing my, that out there <laughs> all my stuff's demonetized now so i'm just like whatever yeah <laughs> so but you know it's just i i got into it because I just, I just really got tired of just uh misinformation a lot of people are Treating like concealed carry, they're treating it like it's a firearms competition. There's nothing fast about, you know, defense, you know. So I just wanted to bring some facts and reality to it. And I'm not exactly a tactical ninja, I'm a full time dad. Well, was a full time dad. Now I'm a, you know, a safety uh, safety uh, manager at a construction company. So I'm just kind of a real dude and I like guns. <laughs>
3: so-
1: I love it. Yeah, I
4: love it man.
1: <laughs> now you made the comment in your video. Now I remember this because I remember the 1911 video and yep. it, it was very specific about you saying, this gun will not fire. If you know how to use it, it's not gonna just fire on its <laughs> yeah. own. So can you kind <laughs> yeah. of walk us through that gun in like the 1911? I mean, I know it's yeah, got a lot of history, but yeah. I guess you tell us about the gun and then maybe what you are you're talking about when you talk about when it can and cannot fire.
2: Uh, the thing is, is with the 1911, a lot of people are kind of scared of it. Um, I guess you could say it in the modern day kind of polymer world. Um, They like the point and shoot guns. You know, you point has like a little trigger safety, like a Glock or something like that. Um, In 1911, it scares them because you cock it with a hammer all the way back. You know, it's designed to be carried, uh, cocked and locked. And there's multiple safeties on it. So the grip safety. So in order to make the gun go bang, you have to have a good solid grip on the grip safety. The hammer's back and it's a single action only. So if the hammer's forward, nothing will happen. Safety cock the hammer back. Then there's a second safety that goes up and holds it back. And the gun won't fall. (laughs) It just won't, it won't go off. Unless you do something really stupid with it, <laughs> so. Well, I mean, that sounds
3: like there's more safeties on it than some other guns. That well,
2: that's that that the thing is use. there is. Yeah. Yep, and that and that's another one of those arguments. The safeties are bad. I'm like, and then I i brought up that argument a couple times. You know, people love their AR-15s, and everyone uses a safety on it. So what's the difference? <laughs> so.
3: Yeah, I don't know. If they've met a guy like me. I can pretty much uh, do stupid stuff with anything. So safeties <laughs> aren't
2: bad. though. Yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. No. Trust me when I was overseas, I see people with Berettas hammering stuff in with them. So you know we're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
3: love it. I love yeah. it. So, so I, I had 19... a question for you in, in regards oh, yeah. to yep. this kind of newbie to the gun scene. Cause we got a lot of people. I mean, we're Bull Hunter Planet, right? So we I yep. don't know we got a lot of people watching that are, that are really into guns. What are, what are the biggest mistakes that you see when somebody goes in to buy their first gun? Because I, I have a feeling this is just me, but like they, they want to buy the biggest baddest gun out there but i have a feeling that that's probably not the right way to go
2: now well first that's the actually opposite I actually worked in the community i worked in the uh, industry for a little bit i did uh, gun sales and stuff like that I was a lead firearms instructor at a place and the thing that uh, people want there is they look for the smallest gun that they can find the smallest lightest usually like a 380 or something like that because in their opinion three you know concealed carry means you something you need something itty bitty So they pick it up and they're like, oh man, this thing's so light and it's good. And I'm like, okay. And then they're like, can I get it in like a 45? I'm like, "Uh, if you want to. I'm like, I wouldn't recommend it. And they're like, well, why? What's wrong with it? I'm like, because it's a small gun and there's this thing called physics. (laughs) So so if you go go with something small, you want to, you know, kind of a smaller caliber. So I go like a nine millimeter, 380 or whatnot when it goes to a small gun. Um, And a lot of people kind of shy away from the large guns just from the beginning. And for new gun shooters i mean I, I remember back back when i was with pistols which you know, in the Marine Corps, we didn't have a whole lot of pistol training. I was a grenadier, so I shot a grenade launcher, so it's a little bit different. Nice. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, our, our version of pistol training was like, all right, this is a Beretta. Um, here's a helmet for uh, the Fady, Uh, you know, guys. Um, point it, um, pull the trigger. You know, the first trigger sucks, so pull it really fast and shoot it with the other one. You'll be fine. You know? <laughs> that, that's how we were taught to do it. So I didn't have a whole lot of training when it came to the pistol, so I had to go to different places to get it. So I got it like my uh, instructor's uh, certification through the NRA, which is actually through uh, Tactical Dynamics LLC. And then I went to Six Hour Academy and I've gone to all these different places to get some training. And I've learned a little bit about it. And the biggest mistake that I see is for new shooters particularly, they need to stick with a larger or midsize gun because you need to learn how to handle it. You need to learn how to shoot it. And you can't be scared of it. I mean, if you're new to the guns, there's a lot of people that are nervous about carrying it, even, you know, loaded or anything like that. And if they pick up a 40 caliber, tiny little thing, the thing snaps so hard, it's ridiculous. Like, oh my God, I don't like this anymore. You know, so I, I usually start them off with like a bigger or a compact gun. I usually ask them a series of questions. Um, What's the purpose of this gun? Do you want something for the house? Do you want something like carried? Do you want something in between? You know, I go like a whole spiel just to kind of help them out when it came to figuring that out. And then uh, you
3: sell them four different guns because there's a purpose for everything,
2: right? Well, there's a purpose for everything. So when you've been carrying a gun for a long enough time, you know that uh, there isn't one gun good for every situation. You know, but basically what happens when it comes to them is that I just try to teach them, like, learn the basics. So learn, like, on a compact gun or, like, a full-size gun because it's easier to handle to start. And you'll get a feel for your marksmanship because it comes down to marksmanship when it comes down to any type of defensive situation. I probably, it's probably say same thing for bow hunting. I mean, you guys are the absolutely. best. We
3: talk about ethical shots all the time. <laughs> yep. Like, you want to yep. take your shot, but it's got to be
2: ethical. Yep. yep. Yeah, you don't want to hit them in the hips. You know, you want to hit them somewhere where it's going to drop them, right? Yeah. Right. So... So, and I teach the same thing and, you know, and if you look at, at YouTube, there's a lot of, you know, the, the, I call them the internet operators out there. They're all about the high speed, fast draw and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, but a lot of those guys, there's a lot of people that end up in the hospitals because they aren't yeah. really well trained in those firearms. So you need to learn the basics first, start with something simple. And then as you get better I, then you kind of work your way down, you know, work your way, you know, I guess, you know, how do you say you, you work your way to different sizes and stuff like that. So you learn how to do it. So like me i don't know anything about bows you guys should probably (laughs) i think
3: think it carries over like even with bows and guns practice is important right like so jamie he wakes up every morning takes a shower goes in front of his mirror every morning naked and starts drawing his gun like that's his practice (laughs)
4: uh that's it's new to me, but thanks for
2: <laughs> Well, you got to build up that confidence, you know. Right. You don't want to scare the deer away. Uh-huh.
1: So, <laughs> oh, you guys won't believe it, but like, um, there was um, I learned about this. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you, man, have you ever heard of Mr. Ballin on YouTube? Oh yeah, Mr. Ballin. Yep. So Mr. Ballin, he was um, well anyway, his Funny channel, guy. his channel, he did this, he did this video. It was about this guy named Jack Churchill, and yep. Jack Churchill was in uh, World War II and his main weapon was a traditional bow. <laughs> yep, hey. he shot a Nazi why with not. a traditional bow. Mm-hmm. Seriously, why the whole war, he, he ran around with a traditional bow, and uh-huh. in an in event that he killed someone, an mm-hmm. enemy, he would pick up their gun and shoot it too.
2: Why <laughs> not? Crazy. There's 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 another guy too. If I remember, he actually carried a long sword in uh, World War II as well. <laughs> uh, I remember there's uh, Jamie also of him
3: practices him. his long sword in the mirror
2: in the morning. I try. <laughs> i did
4: watch a lot of conan when i was a kid
2: <laughs> but you know was, so, i don't know much about modern day bows but i love like midi- medieval history and i'll tell you what those long bows those things are pretty dangerous <laughs> oh, if like, uh, yeah. they, they get some penetration on them i'll tell you that from what i know they're so. like
1: a thousand grain arrow i mean they're like heavy they were like yep.
2: heavy heavy um like this is so, like 72 pound pole or something
1: <laughs> so is the 1911 um the original 1911 is that got some of the same safety features as the the new one as the old one or no?
2: Um, there's various types of 1911, so I'm not a perfect historian. I'm actually Hickok 45 does a great video on it. You have the 1911, then you have the 1911 A1. Uh, so the 1911 A1, um, if you look at the original 1911s, um, they almost had no sights on it, <laughs> like oh, literally wow. these tiny itty bitty sights on it and uh john moses brownings is what what i've heard What i've heard people saying is basically what he explained it is like well you're not gonna be shooting from a distance you're gonna be going right up to them and putting it in their ear so because yeah. that's because uh, <laughs> yeah. as a, as an infantry guy you know is we're trained for long guns you know pistol what's it good yeah. for especially when there's cover you know throwing that at someone yeah. so right so they're, right, right, there's there is a really crappy sights on if you look at like an original 1911 from like world war one world war two you're like wow how did they shoot that thing um and also there's different like cuts you see a little different little shapes and like the, the grip it's kind of right above where the hands go on the grip you'll so notice that and i don't remember every single feature that comes to it but i know like the uh, there's a flat guide for housing and then a rounded housing in the back um but the thing is is it developed over the years and pretty much what we use today is based off the main platform it's just improved it I mean, we ha- you have better sights. You have the high visibility sights are my favorite. I like night sights. Um, you have high visibility sights. Um, there's various springs. You can get a big spring, get a small spring, whatever spring you want. You get fancy grips. Um, there's extended safeties if you want them. You know, what makes, you know, I like to say it's a 1911 um, is like the modern day Glock. How many people have you watched Glock videos and just customize the heck out of their gun? Yeah. <laughs> That's what the 1911 was because back in the day when they were using like 1911s for competitions, they like went from revolver to semi-automatic and the semi-automatic to use was pretty much in 1911. So everyone just started customizing the heck out of it and they learned how to perfect it to each person. So that's what makes it such a unique platform is it's based on old technology. It takes, you know, if, if you know anything about older stuff, it usually takes a little bit more maintenance and oil and grease and all that other stuff. But the thing is, is, it's so customizable. The ergonomics on it—you just point to it, and that thing is just exactly. If you train it, you know, obviously it yeah, obviously takes time to training. You pull the holster and it just automatically set up where you need it to be when it comes to grip your grip. I'm like, well, that's good. And then the trigger pull is just phenomenal. I don't know if you guys ever shot a 1911, but man, the, the trigger pull will just blow you away. Yeah, you know, I've
4: yeah, what? that's what I got the Tac
2: Ops, 1911, TAC ops. the SIG. Yeah, I'd love all right, it. SIG, yeah. SIG, makes yeah. SIG makes pretty 1911s, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice
4: looking and I'm you know it makes me look like I'm a
2: decent shooter. So there you go. Not well, all me. Thing, <laughs> well the thing is I've I've done classes when I had students come in, you know, I do like a basic pistol class in Connecticut, it's really tough to get a comment, yeah, you know, to get a permit out here. It's just ridiculous, you know, laws when it comes to getting a permit out here. So you have to take a basic pistol course, and well, then if after he's basic... being
3: liberal, I didn't think about that.
2: No, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, you can't even buy ammo out here unless you have a permit. In that case, I mean, right now you can't really buy ammo anyway because it's yeah. not there. <laughs> so. Right, no,
3: even here, man. It's it's. I mean, everybody's following everybody, trying to figure out when the shipments are coming in. Well,
2: sure. there was actually a review. I think Kali Noir, he actually did on a, 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 a firearms guy or a, a big like uh, ammo um, owner or whatever it was called and he explained he's like so what exactly is going on and basically what he said is like it's like this he's like last year alone there was 10 million new gun owners wow. so, yeah. so <laughs> and they're actively participating in the ammo so it's just it, they just can't keep up with the demand it's just, it's just so far behind yeah. right now so but yeah you know, with the 1911s like I said it, it's a great system of shooting. I've had students in my classes, I've usually had them qualify in like a Glock 19 because it's kind of a mid-sized gun or like a Glock 17, once again, very simple. Well, like an M17, a 320, really another really good ergonomically feeling gun and stuff like that, too. I remember there's this old lady that went to one of my classes. She was probably in, a, you know, like mid 60s, uh, you know, give or take. And uh, it was the first time she had ever shot a gun, except for when she was a kid when her dad on her daddy's farm, is what she explained it. I just remember out there at the range, this is private property at the time, and we're just out there teaching people how to shoot. She could not shoot the Glock worth a damn. So, I mean, she just couldn't shoot it. And it's such an easy gun to shoot, very accurate gun to shoot. I'm like, wow, what's going on here? Like everyone in the class, you're just acing in the qualification part of it. So I'm like, you know what, Trust, try this. So I handed her my 1911 and she outshot just about every single student there. Yeah. So wow. Wow. Be- because the triggers are so great on it, the ergonomic triggers everything. It really is every trigger, trigger pulls everything. The trigger's great, the ergonomics are great. It's a heavier gun for a bigger caliber, like the 45 ACP, is what I prefer again. So when you have the recoil, it's like this really um, it's almost like a very predictable recoil, is the best way to explain it. Like a nine, you barely flips up if you're holding it right. I've seen people do that with a nine, don't ask me how that happens. (laughs) (laughs) But when you have a 1911, it's just like the solid, you know exactly when it's gonna come right back down every single time. And it's not a it's a it's a soft shooter. And it's yeah. just fun. And with that trigger, you know. they just make holes in the center mass. So definitely yep.
3: in your opinion, are, are all brands made equal or are there very big differences between brands?
2: Um, it, it, I don't like, I don't like looking at it as brown, as brand and stuff like that is I look at it like this. Um, everyone is a little bit different in their actual short, their, their hand size, their finger size, their yeah. grips and everything else. And, I've seen people that have put their hands on like a simple Glock 19 and they can't even get their finger on the trigger. And that same class, I had a dude that had like Bigfoot hands and the gun disappeared in his hand, you know? So the thing is with different brands is uh, most of these modern day guns are actually based off the 1911 platform is where they came from. Then kind of Glock took over the striker market and stuff like that. Now all these striker fired pistols are out there. And, but if you pick up one, it could feel completely different from the other. So if you pick up like an HK, Um, VP9, man, those things just feel great in your hand Um, compared to a Glock. I mean, you pick up Glock, like, wow, this thing feels like a block. You pick up that, you're like, oh, this is kind of nice, you know, but that doesn't mean you can shoot it properly. Like my wife, she loves my uh, Beretta 92X. That's one of my personal favorite guns that I have. So she picked it up. She's like, oh, this thing feels so good in my hand. She shot it and the trigger pull scares her. So yeah. she went over to the P320 because the consistency and how it feels in her hand, and she shoots it a lot better than other guns, just because her hand is it just it works better with it, you know. But
3: I, no, yeah, I, like, I think that's exact same within the bow industry, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dave, Dave and Jamie, I mean, you you guys all attest to. I mean, there there's. There's a lot of different really good bow companies out there, and they make mm-hmm. a lot of very similar bows. But bow bow A with Matthews versus bow B with Bowtech or Hoyt, although they're very similar specs, could feel extremely different from person no, A to person no,
4: B. No, that's that's exactly right because that's what it turns into, right? It's your your preference and what's comfortable to you. you. You want the super fast bow? A lot of people, a lot of guys like that. I like the comfortable bow, right? Yep. That's yep. just and Dave, Dave um, turns old fart and Dave likes the grip, and Dave likes the grip. The thing about guns, it's a lot easier to change the grip.
2: There's lots of grips. There's lots (laughs) of grips. Rough ones, soft ones, you
4: name
1: it. Matt, talk us through, I'm going to share my screen real quick. Talk us through um, the striker part of this, because some people don't really understand what that means with the striker fire
2: type system. So what I can do is basically basically speaking, what a striker fire pistol is, when most people, a lot of people think of a gun, believe it or not, they think of like a Beretta. You see an external hammer on the pistol, right? right. A, stri- a striker fire pistol, it's actually an internal hammer is the best way to explain it to someone new if you take a look at closer you'll see that little thing that going in the top there the little red part yeah you point to it right there it's an internal hammer all right so it's an internal hammer so the difference between that compared to like a 1911 which is a single action pistol or like a beretta which is a double action pistol is this trigger pull is more consistent when it comes to a striker fire pistol it's more consistent than any other trigger pull that's out there so i'm not a smith so i can't get into the full-fledged details of it i can just tell you that there's a reason there's a lot of law enforcement agencies and military that switching over to striker fire pistols because you can mass produce them. And at the same time, they're very easy to use and they're very easy to shoot. And people can shoot them very accurate, very easily with minimal training, just because of how simple or how you know how consistent the trigger pull is. I, so I, go ahead. What? No, you're good.
3: <laughs> no, I was just gonna ask. So so because they're mass produced, does that make them easy to maintain too?
2: Yeah, it usually does like something like, uh, you know, like there's so many classes out there like, oh, I could run 5000 rounds through my gun and never have to clean it me I'd have a heart attack, you know, you no, got to <laughs> you know, you, you clean your guns, you get out with your gun. So striker fires is because of, you know, Glock has built up the reputation foam. It's become such a reliable handgun that pretty much every single striker fire handgun out there is designed to be pretty damn reliable. Now there's one catch to it. And this is my own personal experience. And that's when it comes to a striker fired pistol. I have a, I have more, what do you call it? More misfires when it comes to a more uh, light primer strikes with a striker fired pistol than I do with a hammer fired pistol compared to like a 1911 or like a double action like a SIG or a Beretta. Yeah. It's, I don't know what it is, but the, for some reason the striker isn't as, it doesn't hit the primer as hard as say a hammer would. And just my personal opinion, I'm no armor, so I can't confirm that, but that's just what I've noticed. Um,
1: So, so Matt, uh, when they explained it to me in that class I was in, he said he made the comment that this is pre-pressured this spring, and that right now, like if if it was to go off by itself, it wouldn't. It's not enough power to make it fire. But if you pull this back, it actually brings. I don't know. It does something more, and that pin goes back further and smacks. That's how it smacks it to give enough power to ignite it.
2: I'm I'm no Smith, so I can't tell you. But I just can tell you from what you know when I've shot thousands and thousands of rounds through them and it's just it's a very consistent trigger pull and that's what makes it very nice and it's it's not too hard not too small energy
3: and potential energy yep and i have no clue what i'm talking about
2: (laughs) that's why i I already (laughs) lost
3: this
2: (laughs) so so something like big words tim
3: (laughs) i try every once in a while something like this based (laughs) i remember something from college
2: yeah, that's uh, that's 100 off. That's based off of 1911. Very similar yeah. to like, 1911. What's that? The uh, yeah, the that's a target model, that uh, competition model. But the okay, actual ergon- ergonomics, the shape of it, looks like a 1911. Mm. Priced
4: right? right at stimulus numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, was a, I was trying to think. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm gonna
1: no, no, go ahead. I wanted to ask you this question. I was trying to find it. Um, mm-hmm. it it's. Sh- 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 It has a, uh, there's like, I'll just click this one. It's not this one, but I think it's the shield or something, but it had like a a thing back here, like a bump out.
2: Oh, the easy. Yeah. The easy, the easy. easy. Um, That was actually, uh, I like to say that's the arthritis gun. That's the best way I can explain that. (laughs) 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 Um, Basically what it is, is uh, they created the shield because there's a lot more to uh, that specific gun. Than other stuff but yeah that's the uh, easy um basically if you take a look at it you see the grip on the back so that thing if i i, I can't demonstrate it here because i don't do it but i used to show it to the people in the gun shop is i could put, i put one finger on the front site and just slide the slide back with barely any has you know with, with barely even struggling it was made it's called easy because it was made specifically for people that has a hard time racking the slides and all that other stuff and it has that massive safety on the back that's on there and it's kind of like oh. a 1911 based safety on it so but the crazy thing yeah, yeah it's a safety. A years, but the right. crazy thing about m and if you take a look at them side-by-side side with a 1911, um, the ergonomics are almost identical. <laughs> so, like oh. yeah. yeah, is this considered
1: a nice gun or uh, this one? Um,
2: it, it, it is. Um, it's, I haven't had any heard, heard any complaints about it. You know, I haven't heard any complaints whatsoever. Some people love it, especially for a new shooter. Um, one of the biggest things that new shooters struggle with is learning how to manipulate that slide. They forget that you got to push with one hand and pull with the other and let the, you know, physics do the rest. So they kind of ride the slide home and they cause a malfunction or something like this. This is so easy to use that for a new shooter. It's a great starter, a great starter tool. And for someone that wants, you know, even though like I said, a woman that has arthritis or a man that has arthritis, whatever it is, something like that still gives them the tool that they could use to carry and they could still use it in a situation if they need to. So
1: So Matt, what what would you recommend? Maybe the just like maybe a top five for a sub category, a sub size for a carry. I guess what would Um, what would be your top five? You think for somebody who's newer? Um, someone
2: newer. Um, okay. So someone for newer. uh, Usually, what I do for newer, newer students. I tell them try to stick with a striker fire pistol, just because it's teaching you the basics of it. Um, but basically, what I would do is I'd say um, go with. I, I like to base it off of you know what's it gonna be is it something you're gonna be carrying 24 seven? or is it something that you're gonna be have at home and carry all the time you know what I mean so you could go with say like a Glock 17 all right that's a good one a Glock 17 or like MP all right just like a standard M&P. that's a full size pistol all right um, for a concealed carry the great start is would be a compact pistol for a new shooter because it's just big enough so like get like a Glock 19 or MP um compact and you'll see what I mean. It's just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, that's right. I have an MP Compact 40. They're good guns. They make really yeah. good guns. And it's that mid size where, you know, what I tell people, all my students, is use the biggest gun that you can handle and carry the, and that you can conceal. So at, when it's the compact side, when it comes to like concealed carry, if you're looking at that, the thing that stands out the most with concealed carry is the pistol grip, um, the length of the pistol grip. That's what prints the most. So a compact gun has a slightly smaller pistol grip which allows uh, a little bit better concealability, but it's not so small that it doesn't, you know, you don't have the, you know, the English pinky when you're trying to shoot, if you catch my drift. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah.
3: It was funny that we, we were uh, tossing around some pictures of our guns earlier today in a text yeah. message, and I was joking around with the guys and I sent him a sent him a picture of my uh, kid's BB gun, little, yeah. little tiny BB gun, and I noticed yeah. when I was holding the BB gun, my pinky was out.
2: Yeah, they're, they're pretty, the, 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 yeah that's too funny man for new shooters you want as much meat on that gun as you can because you got to learn how to shoot it I mean because it's it's like a hammer if you guys have used a hammer frame period of time there's some dudes that I don't know how they do it they can just hit a hammer once and yeah. it goes in I'm like whoa we're not talking to men here by the yeah. way
3: You're not <laughs> talking to real men here we have uh, office jobs and we sit behind the desk hey I'm the goes.
2: same person I'm the same person I have an office job and I shoot guns so it's the same thing <laughs> so but there but it's you develop that grip and uh, grip is everything when it comes to shooting whether it's recoil management just holding the gun in general so you want as much, especially for new shooters you want as much meat on the gun as possible so you go I would go with a compact size and like I said that would be like for my top three models if you look at that I'd say Glock 19 um, M&P compact or like a uh, H, uh, like an HK um, VP9 SK is a good one. Now, that's actually a unique one if you can uh, pull up a picture of that that one's a decent one because it's very small but it has a magazine with an extended pinky on it so you can get a full grip on it so <laughs> We got Threw him off.
3: <laughs> yep. he was right, he, the problem was he was trying to write all that down because tomorrow he's going to go out and buy every single one of them. Exactly. I, I got to get my stuff right. ordered. This one here?
2: <laughs> uh, HK VP9 SK is what you're going to want to look for. Yeah,
4: that's a yep. pellet gun. You don't want to. Oh. Yeah, no, no, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Heckler and Coke VP9 SK is what it's called. Okay. I believe it's the okay, SK, yeah.
1: Let me do this first. Let me just uh, copy this. Yep. Thing. VP9. There it is. sk Yep. Mm, they don't have it, huh? Buds, come on now. Just
3: Get off this one. <laughs> Just Google
1: it. <laughs> I, don't know, I just thought it was weird. Buds didn't have it. They usually have
2: everything. Wow, that's yeah. nice. No, that's a, that's just a standard VP9. The uh, smaller version, the SK, it's it's basically has got like almost like a subcompact slide, um, but the pistol grip is small too. But the magazine has a strange angle on it where you can get all your pinkies onto it. Oh, yeah, that's right here? there. Yeah, yeah that right oh, there. I take it. a closer look at oh, that. Oh, that's sick. And because of that grip and that angle, of it, even with me, I got you. Know, I'm a six foot one dude, and I can get my full hand on that. Just because when that with when you have that specific uh, base plate on it but it, does but it's it come a small, with that base plate uh yeah i know the ones that we had in the shop when was working there usually would have one of those base plates yeah, no. but no, i know right. it's obviously something you can get off you know off the market and you just pop it on the bottom of it. but it's, it's a just, very small pistol it's like a subcompact but it's got that you know extension on the grip so what kind
1: of price points this gun you think
2: uh your hk you're talking it's going to be anywhere between five to seven give or take that's just what hk is yeah, <laughs> so it's not bad yeah, is this comparable kind of a... to to the Hellcat? Um, I don't I don't have that much experience with the Hellcat, believe it or not. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you honestly.
1: Yeah, is that Smith and Wesson? I can't remember. Hellcat's uh, Hellcat
2: was. Springfield Armory. So oh, Springfield,
1: yeah. Springfield, makes yeah.
2: nice. Yeah, they do make it. They make really nice 1911s. I love theirs.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's so many nice 1911s. Yeah, this is the Hellcat. I think this one. Yeah, it looks somewhat similar. But
2: that's that. Look to me, looking at it now, it kind of looks more like a. Uh, it it's what do you say it's competition with the be the 6 hour p365 that's the very subcompact pinky hanging in the air kind yeah, of um size where the sk it's oh, got God. the compact but it has an extension which helps a little bit so oh.
1: yeah that's
2: yeah i like that a
1: lot that's cool
2: and it's really small and like you can't it's hard to tell in that picture but it's actually got a decent you know a, a small slide so it's very concealable and very comfortable when you shoot it so it's still going to be a little bit snappier than your average pistol just because of the size of it but it's very concealable this is just kind of nice and hk in general they have one of the best triggers if you have ever shot an hk vp9 man the trigger is just it, it's just great trigger so
1: and would you recommend the nine being a good caliber for a carry
2: I would, um, especially for new shooters. I mean, I've seen a, I've seen plenty of videos and stuff like that, first-hand experience of what, you know, real-world f- ballistics is like. Um, with modern-day ammunition, and stuff like that, 9 millimeters, right, it gets the job done. Um, it might take a little bit longer, but it'll get the job done. But it's, you know, when you're in a defensive situation in real life, if you ever look at any security footage or something like that, it's usually over pretty quickly. So something like a 9 millimeter is, it can do one of two things. When you're aiming center mass, you... Like I'll just ask you guys because I ask this all my students. So when you're aiming center mass, what are we aiming for? Just just ask any of you guys. Torso. Vitals,
3: period.
1: Vitals stopping the person, right? Just somehow to
2: stop them. Stop the See, threat. I got a word. It that's right. what everyone thinks is, but we're actually aiming for the spine. Uh-huh. Ah. Yeah, okay. You're actually aiming for the spine because you want them to stop being a threat, right? That's the goal yeah. to defense. It's not about just shooting them until they're done and keep shooting them. It's shooting them until they're no longer a threat. So the quicker they're down on the ground and out of the fight, the better. So we're actually aiming for the spine. We aim for the center. If it just misses the spine, it'll get those vital organs into it. So if you hit someone in a good spot, it'll work very well, right? It'll work very well. All of the calibers work very well. But when people have the adrenaline and stuff like that, you never know. They if they get hit with whatever size caliber, heck, they get hit by fifty caliber and still run away. You know what I mean? Not yeah. a not a fifty caliber BMG. That's <laughs> that's something that's not happening. <laughs> no, that's I've seen bad. that. No, that's that's not happening. Ugh. But like so, like the Desert Eagle, I think that's oh my god! Don't even get me started on that damn gun. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, too many know, movies. I, mean, I know exactly. man. if I remember, there was a Navy SEAL. I believe he got shot twenty six times the AK forty seven. So that's seven six two by 39 oh. and then he still survived. Wow. So oh willpower is a lot. So you yeah. know, and and then you got to think of the other thing. There's a video that I watched. It was I, I watched a lot of badge cams. Um, uh, there's a great there's a great uh, YouTube channel I watch. It's called Police Activity. They show a lot of badge cams and stuff like that. I remember uh, they they showed a video. They the police do have a tendency to run into drug zombies. It's The best way to explain it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what size caliber you have. I mean, they're just so doped up that it's yeah. it's all about where and, and you hit them you at the make end their
3: body quit they're not gonna quit mm-hmm. yeah.
2: and that's the big thing is why i talk about my channel i kind of bring this up there because like you know i talked about when i started my channel it was that because i got tired of the tactical kind of nonsense that i see out yeah, there for sure yeah and it's like the one thing that people you know there's uh, there's another video that i watched about it um at the end of the video that between two police officers they shot 70 if i remember 72 or 73 rounds of one suspect right Um, and they're shooting through the car and everything else and they originally actually went to the actual shooting because he was threatening to kill himself and their job was to try to stop him from killing himself and they chased him down the street shooting him with pistols shooting with rifles when he was just waving the gun in the air and when the guy was obviously stopped because the difference between stop and dead a lot of people can't determine the difference between stop and you know totally stopped um he continued going his partner literally had to tell him to stop right the, the tactical cool kind of community is created is when you when when they think stopping power they'll tell you that there's no such thing as stopping power it's about shooting until them in their mind it's about shooting them until they are you know ice cold and on the floor that's not what self-defense is about in the civilian no. world it is hitting them until they are no longer a threat to you no. your family or anyone else so if you hit them and they're down and they're not pointing that gun at anyone else you're it's done over. Yeah, you're you're no gone. see,
4: and that's what the good. I, I had my training with a Detroit police officer. Yep, and he was absolutely blunt about everything. Right. Yep. You you don't want you don't want to ever have to pull this gun because your life changes and you think nope. about that every single
2: day. Everything changes. Yep.
4: And you know he was so blunt that some people were walking out. But you know how much I learned from that and what I shouldn't be doing. And and yep. You know, and I'm hearing all these guys taking classes with some dude that says you have to have seventeen magazines on you at all times. Yeah. why would you take a class from a clown like that it's <laughs> just yep. going to get you into trouble
0: yep, right? Not here. Yeah,
4: you know the whole like carjacking thing guy gets in your car yep it's over you can't shoot him or you're going nope. to jail so yep. if you don't know things like that it's all these idiots that give us a bad name from, you know what i mean and just yep. turn and well, and
3: to your point though i think it's bad information because i i've been to a class or two where they tell you shoot to kill and and to your point that's not it that's you're not doing that you don't want that behind you yep
2: you're not in war yep no you shoot to stop that's what it is it's until they're no longer a threat and i i I say that so many times in my videos so for me is my personal preference when it comes to a carry fire a carry around would be a 45 i like 45 acp um one i like my 1911s you guys that's that's Bedbug most popular videos when one comes in 1911s because as big of a gun it is and as heavy it is, it's very thin, very very thin. And literally, with a t-shirt on in the summer, I can conceal that thing. And that's a full size five inch pistol, yeah. just because of the size of it. And it has a single stack magazine, so you have eight rounds of 45s. So what I usually have into it. Now I've you know I'm not going to get into it on this, but I've been I've, I've been in combat. I've seen what ballistics will do, and I can tell you for you know for fact, the bigger and heavier the round is, the quicker someone's going to fall. And in a civilian situation, you're not trying to get them until they're, you know, fall and, you know, never come back up again. You just want them out of the fight. That's it. It, You know, there's, you also got to keep in mind when it comes to um, concealed carries is different states have different laws. um, When it comes down to like here in state of Connecticut, for example, um, basically the way how it works is you can only defend yourself. There's no other or there's, there's, there's nothing else you can do and you cannot escape. If you have an escape option, you cannot legally by law defend yourself. So there's different little twists that people put into the, when it comes to those laws. Now, obviously we have 10 round magazine laws out here too, which freaking sucks. Don't even get me into that. But once again, it's like a lot. Of, I see a lot of these people going to the grocery store with like three guns on them and like three magazines for each <laughs> guns. I'm like, how many times have you seen like the the cargo pockets that look like they're about to freaking explode or just crap? <laughs> you know, it's like bullets <laughs> It's like every single like security footage that I've ever seen is it's over fast. It's over fast. So one of two things happens: you hit them and they run away, or you hit them and they fall down that's what happens. Now you, when they're running away, yes, you cannot engage them. However, if they are running a you got to check your state laws with this too and they are waving the gun in random areas or possibly shooting off guns and they're still a threat to you and everyone else so that's a different entirely different situation right. but for the most part if you hit someone like a gas station you're going to the gas station get a ho ho because i love ho-hos those things are good right so i'll go to the gas station get a ho-ho and a slurpee or whatever and some dude comes in there is like one i'm not gonna pull from my crotch and you know unload 15 mag-, you know 15 <laughs> rounds without a clear backdrop and maybe hold yeah. the guy fall and then i'm I'm not going to follow him down to the ground because that's a cool thing to do then kind of look around like i just shit myself and then put it back in the <laughs> post, you know yeah <laughs> i'm going to shoot until he's no longer a threat and i'm going to take accurate shots because what i tell all my students when i do the classes like i said my classes, is the basic classes you guys ever you guys know the naked gun series the, the, those movies
3: yeah
2: you know he's standing there riding the bullet and you know and stuff like that i'm like well picture that except change his face out for a lawyer that costs five thousand dollars an hour there's every single bullet that you shoot you have that damn lawyer riding on it so you take you take your shots you take accurate shots and marksmanship is everything you take accurate shots and then when they're no longer a threat guess what you stop because you have no you, you can't do it anymore you just can't unless they're th- they're threatening you or anyone else so sorry to heated with that guys because i hear no. a lot of crap No, it I, no it's, it's, Honestly. it's
4: really scary because you know the, the some of the guys that they let teach classes or yep. teach teaching stuff that that's not gonna i mean it's gonna lead to some trouble for a lot of people and then you see yep. it on the news you know some oh, guy yeah. steals a, a drill from home depot and some other guy lights up his car
2: yeah you can't (laughs) do that what the hell are you doing (laughs) now we live in
3: Detroit so that's more common than what you might think of in Connecticut
2: oh yeah yeah well it depends on where you are out here so <laughs> now i also keep i also keep in mind that connecticut as you're saying going to boston connecticut isn't really a state it's just a highway between boston and new york so that's, just throwing that's that out there too, yes. <laughs> don't, stop, that's for the here, yeah, just, don't no. stop for gas here either. just you don't want to stop for gas here
3: correct me so we we planned out we planned out our trip out to boston and my wife's like there's actually no direct route through like new hampshire and connecticut out to boston like there's no expressways
2: like i uh, no. you know i mean, you basically uh, one thing is like you know i, I work in the tower industry so like we build towers and stuff like that i'm a safety manager so i have to go out to job sites in massachusetts or something like that so i'll explain massachusetts like this have you ever been there before at all no, no i am. okay so massachusetts is like um you can only explain it as like uh you know cattle trails so if you want to get here in order to get here you have to go like this yeah. <laughs> and then eventually the circles will lead you there. <laughs> so yeah. that's just how Massachusetts is. Yeah, you that, can't that escape that whole, her.
3: I, I, that, That's what the wife was telling me is like, if we go through if we go through Mas- Massachusetts, and she was saying that if we go through Massachusetts other than this other route, it actually takes like an hour and a half longer.
2: Yep. because
3: go you got to go around in
2: circles to get it. Which, which,
3: which on a map it's quicker, right? Point A to yep. point B, it's quicker. Yeah, but not, if you, that's not, a bird's not eye you view. Travel by the road, so. <laughs> Yeah, that's, it's
2: it's up. it's a pain in the best. back. It's a pain in the butt,
3: That's too funny, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, it. that's Massachusetts for you. So.
3: Well, I can't. I can't wait to get out. I to connect with you uh, before I go out there because uh, we need some tips on where to go and what to see and kind of the the to dos. So. it'll be be my first time up really in 30 years uh, you know to new york and above so
2: Uh, new york isn't that great um sorry the pizza's good the pizza's good we plan on stopping
3: in pennsylvania to camp traveling through new york and then we'll go on from there so yeah i take the the thing we would never we would actually well we'd hit new york for a little bit we actually wouldn't hit pennsylvania or anything except for with COVID going on, the Canadian, so we're, we're in Detroit, right? And yep. Canada is a hop, skip and a jump away. Yeah. And for us to get from, from us to New York is usually only about four and a half hours because we yep. can cut through Canada, but with the borders being closed, we can't cut through Canada. So we got to go the long way around out there. Yep. So, it is so, what it is.
2: Well, if you're going through upstate New York, um, if you're big in a sandwich, that's a good upstate, place out there. Trust me, oh, I don't yeah. like
3: to go anywhere near the city. So we're going to stay. Yep. Gonna be fun pulling a camera through downtown
2: New York. York. You know, yeah yeah <laughs> ninja turtles might show up and steal your pizza No, no, no. <laughs> yeah it's it's oh. there's and when it comes to, if you want to see stuff in boston just think uh, historical landmarks old north church stuff like that it's all out there so yeah
3: yeah and that's kind of what i'm interested in, in boston not necessarily like the city and the scene or all that kind of stuff it's more yep. the historic take,
2: area take the kids to sam adams at, go yep. out to a bar and have some
3: good Evans. seafood and we'll be good
2: Yep. They got good seafood out there. That's for sure. So yeah. if you are in the Connecticut area, um, in between the Connecticut and Massachusetts area, are look for like a place. Stretch? Uh depends on the way you go in traffic. <laughs> Cause like I said, Connecticut's a highway. So everyone's backed up trying to get into Massachusetts. <laughs> right. um, if you're looking for a good fish place, um, look for Lenny and Joe's. Hold on,
3: hold that's on, the hold place. On. Yep,
2: Lenny that yep. Lenny and Joe's. Lenny and Joe's oh yeah that's a that's like the best connecticut fish place and they got fancy t-shirts you can get too if you go to it they're usually out in the piers and stuff so i love it <laughs> yeah tim's a good shirt wearing i'll on tell you one what,
3: what of the um <laughs> this is completely off topic but one of, kind right. of the fun things that we like to do like as a family when we're camping is that, i don't know if you've uh, watched diamond drivers and uh, dives
2: i we went to a place for that yeah. yeah oh yeah
3: so so Everywhere we go, and mm-hmm. there's a lot that have been closed down since that show has started. But everywhere we go, we try to look up the diners, drive ins, and dives restaurants in that area, yep. and that's kind of how we plan out like our food scene when we go.
2: Yep, so, my wife and I did that, that once. <laughs> we lived in Arizona, I grew up in Connecticut, and you know, I got stationed in California, met my wife out there, and then you know, we bought a house in Arizona, then eventually came out here with work. But uh, we were we did that for a while, and there was this place we went to in Arizona. I was like, "Oh, this is on Diners, drive sometimes and dive. We go to it. I got the chicken sandwich. I'm like, "Oh, this is the one." I'm like, "It taste. I'm like, "Wow, this is the driest damn sandwich I've ever had." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it.
3: Uh, so funny. Yeah, had, I've had a couple experiences like that, and there's been plenty of experiences where like it's either changed ownership since the show's aired it, yeah. or yeah. they're closed. So you kind of got to be careful with it, but. Um, it, it's been it, it's kind of fun because the kids like get to see like the food yep. that's on there, and when you yeah. go there and it actually is good. To your point, yeah. when it actually is good, it's kind of a cool experience for them, yeah. kind yeah. of memorable.
2: We stopped at uh, the American Pickers headquarters on the oh, way really? <laughs> That was, yeah, That's cool. That building is so tiny, though. I had to like stuff my head. I'm like 6 one, like holy crap. I'm, like this that's is cool. Awesome. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they do a lot of their stuff like online or on auctions. They don't really have a lot yeah. of sell like in store. Oh, or what do you get,
2: if you ever see their shop, you're like, wow. This is this, it, is, huh? small. <laughs> this is like a garage. <laughs> so, that's the Tennessee one. I, that's kind of like our studio.
3: See. You know, yeah. every time you want to come over, like we, our studio looks awesome in video. You come over, like, oh yeah, it's a basement.
2: Yeah. well that's how that's how my videos are see my wife does like online sales so she has an upstairs office she has a back office i get i get the basement we're good you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i get my works. workshop the basement you know and then i have her wedding dress on the other side and you know stuff like that
3: yeah so. yep, that's it you got to play it off like we call ours yeah. bowhunt at planner studio one you know yeah. it, it's about yeah. 600 square feet of this of, of a basement of one of our business partners that you know built out his basement to look like a log cabin and it looks really cool don't get me wrong like the yep. video looks amazing and all that kind of stuff but it, you you pull up and you're like oh yeah it's a house and you yep. walk in the yep. basement and that's it so let
1: me correct you it's 1500 square feet
3: oh, okay. and
1: <laughs> actually it's probably bigger than that well
3: yeah start. but we only use it's
1: 600 actually 2, square feet
3: <laughs> we only use 600 square feet though like our our office is
1: starting a garage it's all 10 by
3: 15 we moved up (laughs) no that is true dave and i back in the day dave and i when we originally start this it was in his garage and it was not like his whole garage it was the corner of his garage right so imagine two walls coming together there was there was six feet on either side of that corner where we built out. Where it made it. That was like, like
1: hundred square feet.
3: Yeah, you, it made made it look like it was kind of like a wood cabin, and the camera was just pointed right there. You look at the rest yep. of the garage. We had the we had the heater going in the background because <laughs> we're in Michigan. So between shots, we'd have to turn the heater on and shut it off because it was too loud to take the videos. And time oh, it's, time it's... is uh, time has changed, but
2: same thing with mine funny. is that. I have a couple issues when I do videos. I, I do my own editing and stuff like that. I have to cut out a lot because anytime someone flushes the damn toilet, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have to wait yeah. for people to stop walking. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. like, stop walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then my boiler comes on because it's like nine degrees out and you're like, oh my God. And then my kids are going up and down the stairs. I'm like video people. <laughs> yeah. Our, our company
3: is almost broken up a couple of times because on, on nights when we could get the better bet together pre COVID, Yep. You'd, be, you'd have a group of guys that were doing the podcast. You'd have a group of guys that were trying to get videos done and they're fighting each other. We're like mm-hmm. trying to do a video, but the podcast guys are talking. And then the podcast yep. guys are doing their thing, but they hear the guys outside talking. And, you know, we, we kind of got yep. into it a couple of times, but, you know, we, we survived.
2: Yep. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> we learned. <laughs> so,
1: all <laughs> right, Matt, thanks for joining us, man. No it's problem, been a lot guys. Of fun, and it was cool. nice to learn a lot as well. So we'll post a yep. link to your uh, YouTube page below. And yep. uh, thanks for hanging out with us, man. Honestly, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you. No
2: problem, guys. So we said you you invited me to Bow Hunter Planet. I'm like, I don't know crap about bows. What are we (laughs) going to talk about?